You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and Alora Rain. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the follow button to receive notifications of future weekly episodes. We invite you to check out our sister podcast, Mamir's Well, where we explore taboo and controversial topics in the witchcraft community. And pay a visit to Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab your tarot reading, numerology, and soul origin profile. We also highly appreciate your reviews and ratings on our podcasts. Every review makes our show more accessible to other oracles out there. Now on to the show. And hello. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit different. (laughs) We are winging it, folks. Oh, (laughs) boy. We did not write this episode at all. Unscripted. Unscripted, unfiltered. Untamed. Unbridled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, depending on what's said, I might have to tame and edit some of it, but we'll see. Uh, We'll see. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. All right. We're going to just dive in here to some witchy topics that we want to discuss today. So the first one is a topic that's been coming up lately in the Facebook group, and I've seen it a few other places. But when it comes to divination, specifically tarot and oracle readings, I'm noticing that a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot, some, we'll say some, some people tend to shy away from cards as well as whole decks that appear to be scary or on the darker side if you want to call it that have you seen this at all laura uh over the years yeah okay yeah i think it's not it's not, it's not a new theme no um i'm just noticing but- i think it more lately because Samhain just well technically is still today but you know what I mean Samhain's passing and so there's a lot more of the I I, I don't want to say darker decks but you know what I'm saying gothic whatever you want to call it right so for instance there is a deck called the seasons of the witch the Samhain oracle that came up in the group and one particular car card is called the Banshee and it's got a very sort of scary, you know, piece of art, drawing, painting of the it's Banshee. An old, it's, a, it's a hag. Exactly. But she does have red eyes. So, I'll, you know, let's, I'll be fair. <laughs> And say that it could be taken a little on the creepy side. And the the little anecdote down at the bottom says, Heed my warning, dear child, for what I hold is far from unsung lullabies. Swallow a nail and you can expect bleeding from within. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I, I said this to you off air. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Oracle decks are absolutely and 
tarot decks as well. We have to look at them as symbolic and archetypical and metaphorical. And uh, so for me to read that particular little two sentences on an Oracle card, it doesn't like, I don't conjure visions in my mind of somebody actually swallowing a nail and reading from. Right. It's just like, to me, that's like, if you choose to make a bad decision, you are going to suffer internally. Yeah, I agree. But if, if a hundred percent, I will say this, if I'm being honest, I love this deck. First of all, I have it and I don't shy away from it at all. I use it every year. And around this time, around so when I get out all my kind of spooky tribe cards, I don't know, (laughs) you know, the Le Vampire and the Halloween Tarot, you know, all those. And Tarot Vampire. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, tis the season, first of all, and I don't shy away from that kind of stuff. But I also kind of feel like with this specific card... And with this deck, and again, I love this deck. It's it's no, it's nothing against the writers. I just feel like sometimes the anecdotes don't, at least they don't vibe with the message that I receive intuitively from the card or from the reading. And so I just ignore it. I mean, you don't have to read exactly what's down at the bottom you you should really if you're learning to read oracle or if you're reading any if you're doing any kind of divination you should be learning to use your intuition like what what impression you get from that card immediately like before even reading what's on it right just my opinion but yeah yeah i think that's the goal Mm -hmm. um but i know that that people out there who are maybe just starting on their own path into divination, into witchcraft, uh, you know, they might not have that experience yet. And so I don't want to say, yeah, I just, I think anybody who starts down the path of, if divination specifically cardomancy needs to just keep in mind that everything is symbolic and archetypical and not literal. I agree with you. I will say sometimes cards have been literal for me, <laughs> but it is typically metaphorical, right? So mm-hmm. if you draw the Banshee card and she says, swallow a nail and you can expect bleeding from within we're not actually the the, the deck's not telling you that a banshee's going to show up at your window after you swallow a nail and you know yeah but i feel like when you do get those literal cards that come up yeah it's something that is already happening true does that make sense yeah like it doesn't seem to be uh literal future casting at least not in my experience. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. If I don't know. Heard. I would have to think on that really hard. I feel like I've had the run of the gamut with experiences and readings and, you know, I'd have to really sit down and think about over the 
grand span of time what's happened and but no i agree with you overall the cards are meant to be metaphorical symbolic you know they represent something right so i guess my point is don't be scared of a certain card or of a certain deck just because the imagery might appear dark or spooky in some way but also like just to add on to this a little bit right so some people's energy just isn't gonna vibe with yeah that's true too seasons of the witch Samhain oracle uh and that's not a terrible thing it's just there's a mismatch of vibes there. And that's not, you know, a terrible, horrible thing or anything like that. It's just, it's it's just, it's not going to mesh. And that's fine too. Well, yeah, that's true. But I also think though, if you're always, if you get in a habit of shying away from dark cards, then you're going to be, you know, getting rid of a lot of decks that you pick up because there a lot of Oracle and Tarot do have cards that might seem spooky or jarring well yeah i mean this it's no different than you know drawing the death card or the tower card or the three of swords in a tarot deck Mm -hmm. Um, because let's face it they're not the greatest (laughs) to pull and you get a little bit apprehensive well death really it's fine but um like, for example, when the tower comes up, it's a little bit anxiety inducing because you know that something is about to abruptly come to an end and come crumbling down. Or you're about to watch somebody else uh, go through something pretty huge without being able to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and like they can't. <laughs> They can be a little bit like, eh, but that doesn't stop me from using a tarot deck. Correct. Yeah. For well, sure. I think if I also think too, if you're ignoring some of those messages, it's like you're, I don't know. I, I want honesty and I want my tarot and Oracle cards to be honest with me, I guess. Even if it hurts, you know what I mean? If the message is like, oh crap, you know, the tower or whatever. I'd rather know that than not. Does that make sense? Yes. But it's also one of the reasons why I don't read my own cards. Oh, you don't? Because, no, <laughs> very, 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 very rarely. Uh-huh. Because I am, I cannot. <laughs> like, if I saw that come up, I'd be like, nah. I'm like, nah. I don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That's funny. I, I do a reading for myself every week. That's funny. I mean, I can do like daily draws and stuff. Yeah. But to sit down and really do a, a in-depth reading. No, I can't. Not for myself. Because when I see things that I don't like, I make them positive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. It is kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, that's just this. When really it's like, um, excuse me, wake up. What's yeah going on? and then you do the whole thing i'm sure you've had this happen where you don't like a card and you're like um no uh-uh and you put it back and you shuffle and then you pull the same freaking card again 
<laughs> I have done that multiple times. And then you just like, I remember one time just throwing the deck across the room, like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. We are not friends and you're getting put in a drawer. Exactly. <laughs> you're not going to see the light of day until next year, maybe. Yeah. But I also like, I also think too, and this is just my personal belief, but I think with Oracle and Tarot, I think that there are times of the year, there are phases of life, there are uh, definitely specificity to when certain decks need to be used. Oh, and yeah. And when use them, right? Yep. And yep. you can determine a lot of that. Um, there's there's something called deck interviewing, which I really like to do, which is where you specifically yes. ask your decks, mm-hmm. you know, what are you here to teach me? Yep. When should I be using you? Uh, you know, and a pl- there's a plethora of, of other questions, but essentially that will lead you in the direction of when and what to use them for because not every deck is meant to be used all the time. I agree. And it's it when you do the interview too, just to add on to that, you get a very good idea of the deck's personality right off the bat. Right, exactly. I actually yeah. have a like one specific deck that I haven't used very much and that's because it's specifically for relationship stuff. Mhm. Right. So I find that I don't pull it out a a whole lot. Uh, I also have a deck that is specifically for shadow working. Mm -hmm. Like it legit was like, uh, I'm here to teach you about your shadow. And I was like, oh, okay. And you were like, all righty then. Closing the drawer now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually really love the deck. It's a beautiful deck, but. That, but I guess that's what I'm saying as far as the decks will tell you when and how to use them. And then I have had decks that are like, no, use me all the time, mostly in the summer months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like to change mine out according to what I'm going through, but also the seasons. Right. Yeah. 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 Love and the season, the seasons of the witch oracle not the Samhain one specifically Mm -hmm. but they also have other ones i have all of them because i'm i just i love all of them yeah then they have a yule which i'll be pulling that out probably in like a month i guess or whenever i feel like it they there is um hold on i have them right here let me look oh they also have a beltane one yeah i have the i have all four that are out right now there's a beltane a yule a Samhain, and a maven as well Hmm. And there's an emulk coming out next year, I think, or later this or yeah, next year, close to close to emulk in February, Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> so cool. Northern Hemispherians. Hemispherians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make that work. That's funny. I mean, but there's like a lot of decks that I have I'm looking at right now that I don't even use ever, you know, they just stay in the box. It's just like a collector's thing, right? Yes, I have a couple of those and I actually have multiple copies of decks for that reason. 
Because oh my gosh. Day. Yeah. You're the serious collector here for sure. <laughs> well, actually that's only, uh, I think I have two of those and one specifically is Avalon's Bonestone and Earth Flesh Tarot. I have one copy that I use all the time in client readings and stuff. And then the other copy, the box is signed and it's never been opened. How many decks do you have? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even tell you. I'm 50. Oh, at least. Oh my God. (laughs) At least 50. That's awesome. I have like 25, maybe you, you would literally open my inventory, which I'm very proud of and go child's play. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Are you like, I'm super picky about the cards that I buy though. Are you super picky about it? Yeah, I am. Okay. But I also get gifted decks. Mm, okay. Uh, so so quite a few were gifts. Um, some were freebies from people I'm really good friends with who are also tarot creators. But and Man, I, would I never, need new friends. I would never ever give those away <laughs> though, because you know, that's their heart and soul into those decks. True, true, true. They're beautiful true. decks. But I, yeah, I have well over 50, I'm sure. I just have no idea. I've I've never counted. I don't think. Huh. Well, now you got to count. Yeah, I do. And you know what's funny? Avalon's deck is probably the most expensive deck I own hmm. because it was a limited edition. Yeah, yeah. And so the last time I checked, it was going for a couple of thousand on eBay. Good God! I was like, huh, I'm glad that I'm never selling it. Right. <laughs> But someday if I need a car. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what? What? Because see, I've actually looked on Etsy at like vintage tarot decks. Mm. And but I just don't even know what would be like a good one to pick up. You know, I, I'm just not. I'm an amateur <laughs> when it what comes do you mean? to collecting. OK, but what do you mean by vintage? Like before, like before the 1980s, like 1970s, 1960s. Mm, okay got yeah i have no idea (laughs) Um, the one that i really really want to purchase Mm -hmm. and just haven't yet uh is a copy of the very first tarot deck that i learned on that my mom used to have and it was published in 92 i believe the original was published in 92 and it was called the Celtic Tarot. Uh, but it's, gosh, I can't see if I can Google it. Let's see. Yeah, it's going for about 200 bucks. Hmm. 1990 is when it was published. Hmm. Here we go. It's by Courtney Davis. And it comes in like, the box is like, you know, those old VHS cassette boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It comes in one of those. That's awesome. Actually, I'm going to send you this link so you can see it. 
but I've always wanted to buy this deck, not to use it, but I wanted to frame it. Hmm. That's cool. I like that idea. Okay. I sent you the link so you can check out the cards. Pulling it up. But this is also, it's also what they call a pip deck. So pip decks, there's no real, like all of the minor arcana. Right. Like the three of cups, all that's on it is three cups. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. These are cool. These are really cool. Yeah. So this was the first deck that I ever picked up at the age of about nine. Cute. Cute. But other, like cute. that's as that's as vintage as I know. <laughs> Unless you want to go like fourteen hundreds and try to. Oh, get I already have one of those, but they're not obviously authentic. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say and get an I original have the um, Forza. So I have it. Yeah, I have a I have a copy of it. Obviously, it's a copy, but it's from you know based on the original Visconti Forza. And I interviewed this deck, y'all. Hilarious. If you ever get this deck, you need to interview it first thing because it is really funny. <laughs> uh, why you I say know. that, it's like super snooty. Like it is the king of tarot. <laughs> you know the history of tarot, yeah? Yeah, that's why I got the deck. Yeah, so for those who may not know. Tell us. Tarot was actually a game, right? Like a card game. Mm -hmm. And the first deck was made as a wedding present in Italy. Mm -hmm. I think it was in Milan in the 1400s. Mm -hmm. So that is where we actually get tarot tarot cards from. That's why it's funny to interview this deck because it's like just totally expected. You know what I mean? You're like, what can you do for me? And it's like, I can teach you how to get rich. <laughs> like you know stuff like that like the answers are just hilarious it's very it's a very snooty deck and it's like when i interviewed it it was all about prosperity and money and power and anyway if you ever get it yeah interview it because you'll laugh because you'll agree with me I'm, I'm pretty sure oh look here you go have you ever seen these gypsy Some... witch fortune telling cards have you ever used those i haven't used them i have heard okay. of them and I've seen okay. them okay. so i just found Somebody posted a list of the 1970s tarot top 10. So here oh, you go. That's awesome. Okay, here you go. Okay. NJJ Swiss. I don't have any clue what that means. Tarot Classic, Rider Weight, Tarot of Marseille, mm -hmm. Viscott Sforza, mm -hmm. Tarot of the Witches, Alistair Crowley Tarot. Oswald Worth Tarot, Golden Dawn Tarot, Tarot Starter, and Tavet. Whoa, let's see if I can pronounce this. Tavaglioni Tarot. Huh. So there you go. I have to put this top 10 in the description box so people can check them out. There These are 1970. Was a Barbie Tarot made. I'm sorry, what? Barbie Tarot. Barbie Tarot? Swear to God, it's on Etsy. It's vintage. Okay. I want it. <laughs> You're so funny. Give me the Barbie tarot deck. It does. It's like the the Barbies on the cards do not match up to the actual cards. <laughs> Where is that at? 
I'm looking at some of these because now I'm curious. I'm like, "Mm, what is this one? I don't like the fact that sometimes on Etsy, they call something vintage, but it's not vintage. Oswald Worth. Uh, This looks like it's been reprinted. What's that? The Barbie tarot? No, the the Oswald Worth tarot. Mm, Okay. That doesn't, it doesn't really show me the cards though. Tarot of the Witches. That one I want to see. I feel like I've seen that one somewhere before, but I'm going to look it up now too. From the 1970s, 1974 is what I'm showing. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. Tarot. I've seen this. Mm-hmm. 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 Ooh, that might have looks- been one of the first ones I actually used, but it was um, like a later edition. 1973, and they're tiny. Mm, okay. Maybe not for me. Well, look tiny. 4.3 inches. Cards featured in the James Bond movie Live and Let Die depict dreamlike fantasies with bold colors and fanciful paintings. The style takes its influence from the surrealist art movement. This classic deck has been in print since 1973. I didn't know it was in a James Bond movie. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen cool. a single James Bond movie in my life, so I wouldn't know. Neither have I, but hey, <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. I've also never seen The Godfather. Me either. And I don't plan to watch it, so nobody ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into those mobster movies, y'all. I just can't do it. I don't know. Mm, I liked Casino. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. <laughs> I liked Goodfellas, too. Haven't seen that one either. Oh, my God. It's so good. I know. Don't ask me, though. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I've tried some of the stuff. I just can't. I don't know. It's just not a it's not a Hollywood theme that I can get into. All right. It's anyway, not your thing. So what about let's skip topics here and let's talk about your DNA. <laughs> Everybody want to know about my DNA. <laughs> I do. Okay, so for my 40th birthday, I asked my mom if she would be so kind as to gift me with a DNA kit because I was really curious about my lineage, where I come from, and I was turning the big 40. So I was like, yes, like I need to know at this point. And my mom was like, heck yeah, I will. And I was like, sweet. So uh, it only took about from shipping and all that stuff. It only took about, I don't know, five weeks, maybe to do the right. whole process. Mm-hmm. And that my results came back. And I can tell you that I wasn't really surprised by anything in here, except the fact that I'm 2% Sardinian. Huh. Like, I was That's like, kind of random. Yeah. But then. I think so. I started reading some histories and things, and I read that the Norse, like or Germanic or what have you, at some stage went to Sardinia. So I'm thinking that might have something to do with it. I don't know Hmm. because I've got a lot of Germanic blood in me. So, like, I'm 19%. Germanic and 19% Scottish. 
Very cool. Question. Yeah. Aren't you part Spanish as well? And is Sardinia anywhere close to Spain? Because I don't remember. My geographical skills are have left me tonight. Yes and no. Okay. Sardinia is closer to Italy. Yeah, I figured that. Okay. Okay. I don't know if maybe it was like. It's in the med. Between, you know. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's interesting is they can't like narrow it down. So it is. So Spain is to the to the west yes. and Italy's to the east. Correct. But it's closer to Italy than it is to Spain. Okay. Okay. Now, as far as my Spanish heritage is concerned, they actually, it came up with being Basque. I freaking love that for you. Which is... <laughs> Which is super interesting to me because so my brother also did a DNA test, but he did 23andMe and I did Ancestry. Mm -hmm. So on his results on 23andMe, he came out with 5.4% Spanish and Portuguese. And I came out 4% Basque. So... 23andMe wasn't able to pinpoint anything as far as where in Spain or Portugal he got his blood from. But Ancestry has pinpointed the Basque region for my percentage. Right. It really depends on which company has more DNA in their bank, right, to compare yours to. Right. And... I think that's one of the reasons why I picked Ancestry mm-hmm. is because it has the most users. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little bit more specific but yeah. with some things, but with other things, it doesn't. So right. do you have yours in Ancestry? I have both. Yeah. Ancestry and 23andMe. Yep. Right. Okay. So... What I thought was interesting about Ancestry is when I clicked on Basque, uh, like that region, when it says 4%, it says your ethnicity estimate is 4%, but it can range right from 0 to 7%. Right. So I don't really... So what does that mean, do you think? Like, It means that genetics... As far from being perfect, I guess. And they're giving you an estimate. So. Because the information here says that it includes other possible, but less likely percentages. Yeah. I don't know about that part. So I guess that what they're saying is. It could be zero to 7%, but 4% is the closest guess we've got. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The interesting thing about the Basque region for witchcraft is um, this area is very well known for its witch trials. Yes. And just to, you know, shameless plug here, if you'd like to read about it, we have an article on (laughs) otherworldlyoracle.com that I'll link to below. 
And what else I found interesting about this is the region of Basque, right? It so my ancestors from Spain, so not my great grandparents, but my great great grandparents, they were off the boat from Spain. And they came from Alicante, Alicante, either way you want to say it. Um, but that's like in the Valencia region. Right. And the Basque region, jet like it just discludes Valencia by like this much. You know what I mean? Like, right. The, well, it cuts people off move around, like, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I've traced, I've traced my, great great grandparents to Alicante but then I traced my great 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 grandmother down to oh what is that place called starts with an S Seville uh-huh yeah but my grandmother was always on that side of the family because her mother was the Spanish ancestor that I get all this from she used to be so adamant that we were Castilian Spanish. Like she would get so offended if anyone said that we were, you know, Mexican or in any other area of Spain or what, you know what I mean? Like she was like offended. And I'm like, what does it matter? Like, okay. Uh, like Very I'm never proud of her heritage, that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I never understood that, but I, I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, I, 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 okay. I could say that I know that it's a thing with Italian people and like the regions or wherever they come from originally in Italy. Mm, is it? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, maybe it could be. Okay. So we've talked about Basque enough, I think. I like to bask in <laughs> the history of Basque. So. Okay, so just quickly, mm-hmm. I will say that, okay, so I had 24% England and Northwestern Europe, which is not surprising. Um, nope. Yep, so that includes uh, primarily located in the Channel Islands in England, uh, which is not surprising. Right. Uh, Germanic Europe, 19%. Uh, most concentrated in Germany and the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Scotland, uh, primarily Scotland. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ireland, again, primarily Ireland, which that's not surprising. Um, I have a very Irish maiden name. I have 11% Welsh, which I thought was interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was cool. Basque. Also, 2% Jewish. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from at all. Mm. Uh, but most likely, the, the, the area that they've pinned it down to, most likely, is the area that includes Poland, Romania, and the Ukraine. Yeah, I was going to say maybe somewhere Germany, that whole area of Europe. That makes sense. Uh, Sardinia, which I already said. And then I have 1% each in Finland and Norway. Cool. So I'm definitely claiming that 1%. So then, of course, I had to go on my <laughs> trip. 
ancestry because you are like, my true ancestry is so great. So then I had to check it out. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I found out like the ancient tribes. Yeah. Which is super cool. So Anglo-Saxons, of course, because of all that English mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also the Germanic Cheruski, which is interesting because this is where we have some crossover. Yep. Right? Yes, um, quite a bit. So the, the Cheruski inhabited parts of the plains and forests of northwestern Germany in the area of the Weiser River in present-day Hanover. Mm-hmm. Famous chieftain Arminius yep. led the German tribes to victory at the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest in 9 AD. So that's pretty neat. And again, if you haven't watched Barbarian on Netflix, you need to, because it's all about him and defeating the Romans and the Cheruski. It's really cool. Yay! But it's like dubbed over, so that part kind of sucks a little bit, but it's still worth the watch. Uh, the next one on the list was Danish Vikings, which I thought was really cool, and I think that that's another one you and I have in common. Yes. As well as the Franks. Yes. Yep. So... We have all those in common. And then one that we don't is I have Celtic. I don't even know how to say this. Dubunai. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. It's, D- it's D-O-B-U-N-N-I. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, but it's really interesting because they were a Celtic tribe based in central Britain. Right. His capital was located in Cirencester. Cirencester. Okay. The largest town in the Cotswold. Mm-hmm. They were primarily farmers and craftsmen in small villages and fertile valleys. Roman historian Cassius first mentions them by name, and they were described as a non warlike tribe who easily capitulated to the Romans and easily adopted a Romano-British lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, is it goes on to say their goddess was named Kuda, associated with the Cotswold Hills and its rivers and springs. They were also known to be one of the local tribes who issued coins before Roman arrival. Hmm. So I'm going to have to do some research on this goddess because that's the first I've ever heard. Yeah, I've never heard of her either. Of her specifically. Yeah. Uh, But it also brought up like a map of some of these ancient tribes, Mm -hmm. like the the Dobunai and and different ones. And I noticed, this is so funny. So in, (laughs) this is so old, but in True Blood, if you ever watch True Blood, (laughs) her ancestors well, like her grandfather was Niall Brigant. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, vaguely. Okay, well, on this map, the Brigant tribe right. is like a, mm, probably a fifth quarter to a fifth of the map. Yeah. I don't know if you remember like the the uh the doctor on that show when she found out who 
Sookie's grandfather was. She was like, your grandfather's Niall Brigant. I'm out of here. <laughs> F this. I'm gone. <laughs> she left. That's why. They must oh. have been pretty prolific. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I don't remember any of that. I'm sorry. I did watch that show, though. But I just thought that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm really digging into my ancestry right now because I'm learning so many new things. And I think in our last episode, we talked about, uh, you know, ancestors and goddesses and gods and how in the Celtic world, most of the tribes traced their heritage to a deity. Mm-hmm. And here we are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Dogunai. I'm glad that you're able to do this because I've, I've, when I've done it in the past, it's been really enlightening. Yeah. Associating with a goddess I've never heard of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So I encourage anybody who hasn't done their DNA ancestry to <clears throat> to definitely do it. It's very eye-opening and enlightening. And my true ancestry is pretty cool. The uh, accuracy of my true ancestry is up for debate. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they don't claim to, to be like, you know, what was the word I'm looking for? Yeah, completely accurate. It's it's a it's a it's more theoretical, right? Well, and it, and again, it's based on how many samples they get. Mm-hmm. Depending yeah, on they're, what they're doing is they're comparing your your raw DNA results to a bank of archaeological finds, right? So it could be a skeleton that they have DNA from. It could be uh, a blood on a knife from ancient times that they have DNA for, you know, it could be anything. Right. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that they have DNA from every single, you know, culture, people, whatever across time that'd be, that's pretty much impossible, you know? So I get into this ancestral stuff. Yeah. All right. What do you say? Should we? We should wrap it. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this mishmash of witchcraft topics. (laughs) Our completely unscripted and off the cuff episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a like and a share. Review the podcast because every review counts in our visibility to other potential listeners. And If you would like more exclusive content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Burning Hallows. And remember, whether you're in the land of the ancestors or the land of the Fae, stay otherworldly.